This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 455, Star Trek vs. Douglas Adams. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Michael Rowe here on Friday, which means it's time to talk tech and have fun talking about games and technology and innovation with my friend and co-host, Michael Martin. Michael, how are you? Doing great, and I'm excited to have an opportunity to go through all kinds of great news and items and things that we've been talking about and sharing and getting from various listeners and such for this past week. Uh, we're going to miss Andy, though, this week because he's got other oh, things yeah. going on, but uh, that doesn't mean that he wasn't contributing to the topics that we're going to be sharing today. Including with our starting topic. I know, right? So, so we're going to read some Vogon poetry for everybody here because we're starting with Douglas Adams and we're comparing and contrasting in this interconnected article about how the nature of technology seems to be evolving from a Star Trek era to Douglas Adams is the way this is being phrased up. Um, I thought it was I thought it was um, interesting because it this this article does mention a number of things that we've talked about before, right? It's talked uh, it does bring in the iPad kind of concept from Diamond Age. It does bring into play tricorders and things like that. Um, what I found really interesting was sort of the um, uh, the the vibe aspect and yeah. and um, uh, and notions like the electric monk as opposed to the mechanical Turk, you know, so you know, things, right. things like that sort of popped out to me. What, what kind of grabbed your attention, Michael? Well, I, I, I kind of like it just from the, the, the vibe differences between those two universes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Star Trek envisions this future where everything is, is equal free and almost utopian from the standpoint of the Federation. Uh, while Douglas Adams envisions a future which is kind of now, as in when he wrote it, uh, right. where everything was kind of out of whack and the, the rest of the universe is just an extension of the way Earth is set up. Uh, and they're, they're busily trying to figure out how to get to some ultimate future. Uh, but they try things. They just give it a shot, right? Lots of different things get thrown together to see what happens, including the ultimate answer was kind of a mistake. <laughs> Uh, if you think about it, so so, um, and and I think about things that are going on right now uh, that we'll talk about shortly in our AI section of things that people are working on that it it shows promise, but it's not quite there yet, or um, it was going down a path totally differently, and suddenly you've got this really neat thing coming out of it, like you know the ability to create movies out of out of just a random string of text. So I, I, I thought that vibe of the article, that aspect of it, was a really well well constructed method of getting you to think about innovation today. 
Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. And and I, I went down to the bottom of the article and clicked through the link on the innovations from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Dirk Gently. And uh, it was it's funny how many of these that we've mentioned uh, on air over the years, too, because they, they're super, super clever, clever, uh, not the least of which is the towel, um, which, you know, we we know we can get from our friends from Cupertino yes. at a at a low, low price in case we need to do some sort of um, cleansing. You can get one thrown in free if you spend forty five hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Forty five hundred dollars on a full rig for uh, for the Vision Pro. I, I was I was gonna say. <laughs> you get a free towel. Have you enjoyed your towel? <laughs> I love it. If you were to return Actually, the device, would you have to much. use the? Would you have to return the towel too? I think you would, right? I would assume you have to return everything in its original package. Yeah, so they would probably have to look. It's like, okay, is the towel here? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I have used the towel a couple of times. Okay. Uh, good. But, good. Uh, not, I mean, it's functional for what it's used for, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so speaking of but functions, I don't stick my fingers all over everything, so I don't need the towel. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. When when we're when we're looking at the new cars and all the touch screens all over the place, you would you would think you're going to need oh, to have God. a towel like that in the car, no matter what, because okay. how would you I, operate? I hate, to go, I hate to go down this path, but I have to. One of my pet peeves is people touching the inside of windows when I'm driving. Uh, and 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 I have a passenger every once in a while who loves to point at things on the side of the road. And it's not my wife. And that person will always touch the glass when they point at things on the side of the road. Look over there, smear. Look over there, smear. Oh, drives me nuts. Uh, l- luckily, this person is probably not a listener to the podcast. Probably not a listener. <laughs> they, they wouldn't know how to use a podcast. They will never know. They will never know. They will never know, but oh God, it drives me nuts. So so speaking about innovations <laughs> and not knowing things, yes. uh, we have a Wall Street Journal, yes. journal article here yes. on AI, which um, yes. the, the headline is almost all you need, right? We, we've known this now for a while, while that a number of large language models, uh, while they're extremely good at predicting the next statistically significant word to come up with sentences, uh, don't necessarily yes. do such a great job when it comes to basic math. Right. Right. So uh, I kind of filed this under the duh articles, um, (laughs) which, again, I'm not making fun of anybody. I mean, there's lots to learn in this space for sure. But many models were not optimized to do higher level of math. And that's why things like Wolfram Alpha and other capabilities exist, which when you couple that as an API with the large language models that you're working with through an interface and a um, an agent, you can do lots of sophisticated math that well, is what you need to do. Exactly. And, and, and the way I look at it is headlines like this are great to get people to click on if they don't understand what a large language model actually does. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you said it exactly right. It's a statistical uh, likelihood that the next word is correct. Yeah. And within the context of the previous word and the previous X number of tokens. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, this one, uh, great clickbait article. Uh, Anyone who's familiar with AI and large language models will not be surprised whatsoever by it. But enjoy the yes. read. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll be fun. So um, ne- next article, and I'm, I'm kind of concerned about how deep we're going to go on this one. And this one's from The Verge. 
And uh, this is another one of those, how do things go horribly wrong? Yeah, I, exactly. So yes. how do you go horribly wrong with an AI model? Well, <laughs> you, you let it create things from a prompt that um, uh, are um, anathema to the people who are viewing such a thing, right? Yeah, the, 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 the interesting thing about, so, so what this is uh, very specifically for those who don't go to the website, but we highly recommend you go to gamesatwork.biz, click through the show notes and take a look at the articles that we reference. Uh, but uh, this past week, there's been lots of noise, stories, whatever, about the fact that uh, Google's Gemini image generation feature uh, was gen generating historically inaccurate uh, graphics for people. Shocker. So people are like, you know, g g give me, give me uh, German military people in the 1940s, right? And because of prior complaints about uh, issues with diversity, uh, the Google team added diversity information into the prompt. So behind the scenes, what happens is uh, if you say like, give me a picture of a CEO, the original models would give you a bunch of middle-aged white guys. Let's face it. That's what it would give you. And so they they updated the models to say, you know, it makes sense. If you look at the market uh, and you look at where we want to go as a society, CEOs could be anyone. And so they actually injected in the prompts uh, some diversity features. Um, however, if you say, show me German soldiers from the 1940s, uh, you pretty much have one type that you're going to get. <laughs> and... Uh, they will not be racially diverse. And what's happened is the racial diversity filters have kicked in to these prompts and people have gone a little off on that issue too. So it, what this tells me is we're kind of in the teething phase as people are trying to figure out how to interpret the question in order to generate what you're supposed to show, right? Uh, if you're asking for historically accurate things, you should provide historically accurate things. If you're asking for a general prompt of of concept, then you may want to reflect what society as a whole wants to move move towards from a diversity perspective. Yuppers. And uh, according this one, according to the article too, um, uh, Andy will not be able to test this because it's not available in in the European Economic Area, the UK, or Switzerland right now for um, what might be obvious reasons, Michael, based on what you just shared. Well, I I, I can imagine it being even more interesting than that because if you're in Germany, there are certain things you cannot do yeah. from an entertainment perspective. So. <clears throat> um, We've danced around the issue enough. Go read the article. It's on our website at gamesatwork.biz for the show notes for episode 455. Where, yeah, exactly. Where you can link to the material and see it for yourself from said people who wrote them. Yes. Um, so we're, we're not we're not done yet with AI. We've we've got a no. few more, and uh, it, it kind of kind of fun harkening back to last week's episode about you know the the overly. It's almost like a Marvin, right? You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, OpenAI, we've talked about them recently. Uh, we've talked about yes. the new capabilities that are available uh, to create movies and the like. And so it's absolutely no shock or no surprise. And I think it's not new um, about being able to transform text and text description into dynamic metaverse worlds. Um, 
Oh, we've seen examples of this already before where you could see like last summer people were talking about this and at least maybe not at this level, but there were examples of being able to generate gaming environments is I think how they presented it last summer. Yeah. But a a metaverse environment and a gaming environment technologically is actually no different. Right. And spawning a world (laughs) based on prompts of space. Yeah. Spawning a world based on prompts is not that foreign we'll just say right because because you could do that in a variety of things you know whether you're talking minecraft or whatever right create me uh in this kind of a biome structure blah 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 boom here you go right so what what i think what i think would be really intriguing and really new would be sort of like that that video visual implication of not just create the world for me but take me on a tour right and yeah. create the video around it now insert characters into this and now allow those characters to interact and the article does go a little bit a little bit into some of the stanford university generative agent project which we have also talked about yeah. on the show which before about also, yeah. and the the thing that that leads me to which i'm really excited about is the the way of um, I'll, I'll say it in, in plain English first, and then maybe we'll, we'll play with that a little bit more cobbling together, um, a group of agents that you as a human now can direct to do things. So I need an agent that can help create a world. I need an agent that can create a video. I need an agent that can write the story. I need an agent that is going to, um, uh, direct the movie and help, you know, do the right kinds of cuts and cut scenes and things like that. And by cobbling together the series of agents into a workflow, which maybe I have an agent that helps me do that too. All of a sudden I can do a whole bunch of things really simply. You know what you need? I need an agent. You need agent 42. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate answer. It can put all that together. But but actually, you know, yeah, uh, the, the way I think about this is um, as people have been trying to get to the basic concept of general intelligence, general artificial intelligence, right? We, we have these models and things that, that are really good at one area or one domain. And, and maybe the way we put that together is through Agent 42, stringing together multiple domains and multiple special agents in those domains in order to be able to parse which part of this activity needs to go to that agent, to that agent, to that agent, so that that agent can go kick off the AI to build that thing and then string them all together. And based off of that, you'll then have an answer that allows for more general AI. I don't, I wouldn't even go to, towards general AI with this. I think we have the capability of doing this right now. And uh, oh, imagine, okay. imagine, gosh, you know, these things go back now. It's a mechanical Turk of general AI. It is. It hides. It in. is an agent of agents. So you have an agent that recruits agents, right? That interviews agents, that evaluates whether they're a good agent or a bad agent, because, you know, what's the underlying data model and can it do math or not? So this, again, is not necessarily going towards general AI. It is a mechanism by which you could have a general contractor recruit, identify, vet, decide to pay for or not pay for all of the agents that allow you to accomplish a task. And that level of, of a meta agent, <laughs> uh, lowercase m, please, um, gives you the ability to do what we're just describing right here, right now. I, I, I think you and I are saying the exact same thing. Yep. The only reason I use the term general AI is it's the illusion of general AI. 
it is not general AI. Yeah. Right. It, this may be a step down that path. Uh, yeah. Well, the people Again, are fooled right uh, now by the illusion. So, so I, I wanted to make sure we're making the distinction. Fooled, yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're fooled right now. Even if you know two plus two equals thirty-seven. Yeah, or forty-two. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sense, anyway. Sensing a theme, people. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, the the next the next one. This is really intriguing to me, right? This is yeah, from like Atmos dot Earth, and it is a. Uh, article and discussion that says how video games can inspire a green new world. And we've seen plenty of examples of games where uh, the, the game and the gameplay might be something like exploring uh, a, a forest or a new a new planet. And it's not necessarily a first person shooter kind of thing. You are interacting with the environment and you're doing other stuff or Spore. Yeah, Spore. Uh, uh, you thank you. I was trying to remember the name of it, but that that was what was jumping to mind for me because you could say, hey, I'm going to create uh, life forms that have these characteristics and I'm going to create a, uh, a planet or a solar system that has these characteristics. And then you can now interact with the game. Right. And you can choose how you do. And there's elements of this article and we've seen similar stories before about people uh, going through gameplay and saying, I am a pacifist. And so therefore, even though this game is designed to to pit person against AI (laughs) driven non-player characters, um, I'm not going to harm any of them, but I'm going to get through the game without doing any harm to anyone or the, the, the vegan notion that's in here, which I think is also a little bit of funny um, but it's but these are they're, they're further ways of bringing um, ecological sustainability kinds of themes to the fore. And there have been games that are very well designed to go do that. Yeah, I, th- this actually reminded me of, of really, really early on in the history of this podcast. Uh, we had uh, a fellow co-host, uh, Phaedra, who actually did work around um building a virtual world type gaming environment to train certain other behaviors uh, from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was foundationally the same concept. So, right? so how do you build a game or a gaming environment that inspires certain behaviors? And uh, it immediately took me back there uh, from, gosh, I don't want to say how many years ago that was. <laughs> it's it's been it's been a little while. Well, I, I'm I'm grateful to uh, Lewis Gordon who published this on the 19th. So that's just a few days ago, February 19th, uh, because I, I'm going to be picking up a number of, of themes from this for a talk that I'm going to be giving at the uh, um, uh, the Smackathon, the the Science and Math Hackathon. Uh, that's going to be happening on the Durham and Morganton campuses, but straight statewide in about a week's time. And the talk that I'm giving so is for on. For those who are not local, you can still it do is that. The North Carolina School of Science and Math. Yes. Thank, thank you for, for making cool. sure we're getting all of the details and we'll have those in the show notes too. So if you are yeah. listening to this and you want to sign up for an opportunity to participate, you can do that too. It, it's. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 an interesting element about teaching people more about sustainability and this uh, United Nations element that's in here too is giving some great examples that I will look into and pick up and include in my talk. So 
cool beans. Excellent. Well, speaking of of environmental factors that just may not make any sense, <laughs> Andy actually dropped us this link this week, which was uh, there's a there's a game, a video game uh, available on Steam right now called Kingmakers, and I could have sworn there used to be a bookshelf game called Kingmaker. Um, Back in the, from Avalon Hill or one of those bookshelf games hmm. years and years ago. But anyway, the, the 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 message was: this is the craziest video trailer for a game, uh, and um, so so basically, it's it looks like a simulation game, right? You know, you build a, a a world and you build castles and you have armies and you kind of probably have a tech tree, etc. But the the strange thing about it is. You actually have a guy from the future who comes back into the game <laughs> in the past. So this is medieval times and kind of influences things. Uh, so you see these two giant armies of, of knights and horsemen and footmen, soldiers going across a big battlefield. And suddenly a guy in a pickup truck goes flying through running over. <laughs> it's it's just insane. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and and using modern weapons against uh, you know yeah. uh, infantry and and a whole bunch more, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just just crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, something fun, kind of a palate cleanser. Yeah, for some for for our viewers. <laughs> Listen, the, listeners, the Michael. Really cool listeners. Is, yes. Well, they can come to the site and view. Yeah. <laughs> The other the other thing was and 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 you know I've I've never been a PSP player yeah uh, or uh, even the new PlayStation Portable player uh, you've got one of these right or you had one one of these gaming systems I've never had a PlayStation Portal ah, okay so 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 basically someone has taken and hacked the new PlayStation Portable to play old PSP games so. Always kind of fun to do. For them that have them, that's an intriguing thing. What's more intriguing, though, is what Microsoft is doing to to allow basically any screen to run Microsoft Xbox-related functionality. So the fact that somebody hacked a screen to go and play other stuff is interesting. What Microsoft is doing is basically saying, I want every screen to be able to play on my content. And that is and charge you for well, it. <laughs> it's a route to market, right? So if you've got a yeah. PlayStation Portal, or you've got a a, a Mac, or you've got whatever, um, the ability to play Microsoft and, games is another route to market that they can now monetize and be successful with, right? And that and that's why we're games at work, not games at free. <laughs> yeah, or not oh, games that work, you know, because that's another thing. <laughs> So, so we're, we're now turning uh, our, our gun sites here for a moment towards the virtual space yet again. And Michael, yes. you had this website called Beautiful Things that you wanted to share yes. with our, our listening audience who may come and look at them too, because that's what you need to do because they're visual. Um, well, if, if you have uh, any machine that can view, um, oh God, I'm, I'm forgetting the format, it's UDZ files. Um, it's the one that Apple came out with some years ago, made it public uh, for, for other platforms. I think Adobe supports this file and, and some of the other engines. Um, anyway, this, this came up in the context of my experimentation uh, with the Vision Pro over the last few weeks. And this is a website that is nothing but 3D models 
in this format. So you can pick them up and use them in, in your Vision Pro applications, etc. cetera. Uh, and it was just, it it's fantastic. Uh, pretty much, I, I, I haven't gone to the end of the never-ending scrolling list of objects, but uh, you can either render it in the space that you're in. So if you want to look at, you know, how the... Uh, lightsaber might look sitting on your desk. Uh, you can do that. Or you can use the online viewer and just go in and, and view these models. Very, very cool. Yeah, I'm However, I'm just checking it out right now on my phone because on my Mac, it mm -hmm. started to say, hey, you can go play with this next code. But if I get it on my phone, I'll bet you I'm able to to try it out here directly. You can... You can you you can load you can download the file and load it in preview on your Mac. Yeah. You don't need to load it in Xcode. Well, I it, that was what was the default, but what's cool here is I just uh downloaded a first generation iPod and I've now made it bigger than my window. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and I can I, I spin it around. Of a, yeah. I, I took a picture of the Mac Classic sitting next to my MacBook Pro. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And gosh, you know, when so, when I make the Mac, sorry, the, the iPod Classic 100% size. Oh, that, that's, that was my problem. It was further away from me. So it, it scaled it. Oh, that's cool. It scaled it to yeah. 100% if it were that far away from me. That's the size it would be. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Isn't that cool? Love it. So these these are USDZ files. Hmm. Uh, that that was the the name I was trying to remember. Uh, but the other thing that was interesting. So as I was doing that exploration, I learned of uh, uh, an app for the Vision Pro. It's called the Archive, uh, and this is uh, an app that I believe was created by a bunch of special effects people uh, from Hollywood, and they've taken. Pretty much the history of Star Trek, the original generation, uh, ships and made them as fully immersive environments for the Vision Pro so that you can be on the bridge of any of the ships. And there's 20, 30 ships in there, uh, as well as have the ability to look at some other 3D content and experience that in an immersive way. And I, I created a quick little video of, of that for a demo purpose that we'll have on the website. And then one last Vision Pro thing uh, is a game that I don't get at all. Uh, it's called Black Box. Uh, and uh, you put the game around you, it's bubbles, and it's a puzzle-solving bubble game, and it, it is displayed physically around you in an immersive environment, um, in your physical environment, by using the, the Vision Pro. I, I didn't get the game, <laughs> but it was part of my exploration over the last week of, of trying to do a better job of integrating 3D content into my, into my everyday life as part of the vision. Hmm. Interesting. Video for it is uh, very intriguing. Well, we, we've got yeah. about a minute left, and we don't want to give go, go, short go, go. shift to things, but maybe we'll end on this mixed reality set of capabilities and the magnifying glass, right? Um, we saw this from Yanko Design. It is a, a way of having something that is handheld that lets you look through it like a magnifying glass to allow you to then have uh, various and sundry other augmented 
experiences, which is kind of a neat use case and a, and a nice form factor yeah. and a button, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think it's designed for kids. Yep. At least I, I believe it's designed for kids. I think it's a really great way of, of getting them to, to experience. Cool. Well, we've got more topics than we could shake a stick at, uh, virtual or otherwise. And uh, we're going to be excited to be back again in a week's time where we'll talk more about all the tech and all the things going on in the world around AI and VR, AR, and spatial computing and a whole bunch of other stuff. So drop us your links, give us your ideas, send them our way. We'll love to incorporate them right here next time on gamesatwork.biz. Biz. See everybody. You've been listening to GamesAtWork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network, and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at GamesAtWork underscore biz or at our website at GamesAtWork.biz. Biz.